in motion is Sewell. Goff to throw. Wants to throw it to Sewell. Oh, he caught it. Yes. Boy, Sewell on a first down. Oh, yes. the big man dives down at the 31-yard line. Oh, that is beautiful. Welcome to the 20 Minute Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And I am joined by PJ Clark. And PJ, we're on the road. We're in Indy. Again. We are at the on Combine. The again. We've been on the road quite a bit. Well, we road. went from the Senior Bowl to the Super Bowl. Now we're in Indy for the Combine. Checking boxes. We're checking boxes. Checking boxes. And you know, one of the things I love about the Combine, obviously you get to talk to 319 of the prospects and you get to see the workouts and all that kind of stuff. You start to build a better idea of what this draft is going to look like, but the teams are down here too. Yep. And Brad Holmes, the Lions general manager, Dan Campbell, all the coaches, all the scouts. Uh, we got a chance to talk with uh, the coordinators, Scotty Montgomery, who was a new hire, the running backs coach, and um, uh, the assistant head coach now. And, you know, those stories are going to be coming but let's focus right now for the sake of this podcast on Brad and Dan. They talked on Wednesday, and let's break down a few of the things that they talked about. We're going to include some clips of, of Brad and Dan in here, too. Um, let's first go to the process, right, and, and you know, what Brad and Dan's process is. And, and this is what Dan had to say about kind of what he's looking for when he steps in that room with some of these prospects, because that really is, Peach, the, the, the biggest take for the coaches is the 15 minutes, the medicals, and the 15 minutes you get with, with those prospects. And this is what Dan is looking for when he steps in the room with one of those guys for 15 minutes. Yeah, I, it's, it's hard to um, put into words. I would say this, we've I don't know how many guys we've met with at this point um, over, you know, really over these two to three days. Um, let's call it 30 guys, 35 guys. And I've checkmarked four guys. And to me, they got the it factor. Just when you sit in there and you hear them talk about football, it's uh, uh, the fire, there's a fire burning in them. And they cannot, uh, they can't sit in their seat they got to get up to talk. They got to tell you what's going on. This is how I think. This is what I'm, um, and that you can't fake that. You know, when you have that, you love ball, and you'll eat and breathe it, do anything for it, do anything for your teammates. Uh, you're o uber competitive. You watch the guys that, you know, you present them this this mini install before they get to the tape and taking notes, asking questions, and then man, when you go, they throw the sheet down. Because to them, it's a competition. Like, I'm about to show you how good I can do this. I'm about to show you what I can retain. I'm going to show you that I understand what you're, you're wanting me to do. And, and those guys are rare. You can find those guys, and they've got some ability, which most guys here do. Um, it's it's uh, hard not to like them. All right, what jumps out at you first about that that one? Well, A, I mean, you're you're – two days in at the point that they were talking and out of the 30 guys you're only starring four, four. so that's it's a high bar to clear yeah. clearly that's but i love i love that fact that they've got to have that it factor yeah. and, and i think it, it speaks to where this team is where this roster is that dan is looking for specific guys that fit a culture that um you know fit what he's looking for in a player what he's trying to build and i think they're at a point now with this roster that they can you know they can look for guys specifically like that you know maybe when you're not a good football team when you're coming off a season where you've won three games 
you're you looking for talent. talent. Yep. You're looking for guys that are talented and can help us win. I think now you've got some talented guys. Now you're looking for guys that fit culture, what you're all about as a team. And I thought that was an interesting quote from Dan. You're looking for guys that can put you over the edge. And I think, you know, he, he was saying he, they got to want it and they got to, you know, love ball. And like, that's like when you have the, the core that is currently on the roster and yeah. is going to be here moving forward, you're just looking for guys that are going to come in and, and, play the right way and be involved and and I think you have the luxury of having some talent and you're going to have veterans that are going to help guys settle in and you're going to have a second year of Hutchinson and he's been through this before and he can take a more leadership role and you just got to have it whatever it is that's what you're looking for. I'd love to be a fly on that wall with with Dan Campbell oh, yeah. in, in that room. I know Danny Danny Rogers had Kelvin uh, Shepard on yeah. the live show, and he talked about how Dan just kind of sits back in the room and kind of watches and evaluates, and then boom, he'll jump just up surveys survey, but then he'll jump up and, and, and get it get after it. You know, if these guys go this way, where do you got to go? And and I can just see that, and I can see Dan getting all excited about a guy who knows exactly one what he's doing, but then gets out of his chair gets animated loves ball it's all about ball those are the guys that dan campbell's looking for yeah you have to you have to impress and when you're playing when you're you're coached by all of these former players and you're in the room and it's dan campbell it's kelvin shepherd it's dre bly it's aaron glenn you gotta show up these guys you better know your stuff as you yeah like they they all did this too you gotta you gotta it's a high bar to impress that room and like he said it's only four, four for 30 as of last night and that's not to say you know how did last night go and and how are that but it's i think it's starting to come together for him a little bit it's hard to impress dan campbell that's what we yeah. get from this yeah that's what as it should be as it should be as it should be all right let's go to this we got a Brad for for a little while too. One of the things I thought was interesting to come out of that was some of self evaluation on his part, and he was looking to last off season, basically talking about one of the things I don't think I did a great job of is handling the backup quarterback situation. Now, obviously, Jared Golf um, w- was terrific, a Pro Bowler. He's the guy moving forward, but there is not a backup quarterback on this roster this year. And last year, they waited until after training camp to get Nate Sudfeld. Now, look, Nate did a great job. And the fact that um, Jared played the way he does, you have to compliment Nate on that, too, being in that room and getting him prepared and everything like that. But that being said, I think they want to go into this offseason, into training camp with a much better idea of where they're going to be at at the backup quarterback job, whether that's free agency, whether that's a draft, we'll find that out over the course of the next couple months. But it, it, it's something that, that Brad really talked about, and this is what Brad had to say about that backup quarterback job. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, you know, I feel like last year we kind of left training camp kind of sliding into home plate trying to, you know, fill that backup quarterback role and that's on me. I got to do a better job of making sure that we're not in that position again. So that is something that we're going to need to address, whether it's here in free agency uh, or upcoming in the draft. But um, that's something that we've had a lot of conversations about. But I got to do a better job of making sure we get that rectified. 
Yeah, and Peach, that, that'll be an interesting one for me. You know, I, I would not be surprised at all if we're talking about a three-quarterback room with a veteran who they sign in free agency and then a guy that they take in the draft. And I'm not talking about eight and or six and 18. I don't think that's in play for Lions. Maybe it is. I, just me personally, um, I think there's bigger fish to fry yeah. at, at some other spots than a developmental quarterback. Now, look, I get it. That's the most important position in football but jared golf is more than uh more than serviceable s- more than yeah. serviceable i mean pro bowl player and he's 28 years old yeah. i mean he's got a long future he's going to be the quarterback i think for a long time and, and i think he can uh, take this team where they want to go but if something happens to jared you've got to have a guy in there that that can step in for a half for a game for a couple games and Put you in a position to win games. 2022 was the first time Jared played a full season in three years. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it's it is a, a real concern. Like, I mean, we saw how he had the rib issue in in 2021, and and that stood out. And you had to throw Tim Boyle in there for a while. And you know, there are plenty of backup veterans available, guys with starting experience. And I think that's you know, when you're looking at this, and yeah, you have a finite amount of money, right? And do you want to invest? Four to five million dollars a year in a, a real backup who can come in and play in a in a pinch. I think if you're a team with playoff expectations, that you know, Jerry Goff gets hurt in week eight, the season's not over. If yeah. you have a, a guy that's ready to come in and play, and and I thought it was great that Brad, you know, self admitted like hand up, listen, that one was on me. I I I missed the boat on that, and that's going to be clearly, I think, a priority, priority. this year. And it, it and I can see too, you know, the want to have a, a developmental guy that that you can sense. mold I, and build in your scheme with your offensive with ben system. Johnson. Like with he's, Ben Johnson, he's here. I mean, I would love to have a, a toolsy quarterback get yeah. you know a year or more, whatever happens with. And ben. I think there's guys that that certainly fit in day two, even into day three. And uh, look, I trust Brad with the first two drafts that he's yeah. had and the, and how he's evaluated these guys and how he's found some of these guys in day two and day three. I completely trust Brad Holmes to to lock onto a guy that he thinks can be a developmental guy behind. A Jared Golf behind a veteran, you learn, and then who knows that becomes an asset for you later, or maybe a guy who plays. Yeah, it's it's that's the thing is that if it becomes an asset, all right. So you have a starting quarterback, a good starting quarterback, and Jared Goff. But if you have a, a backup who plays a little bit and impresses, Jimmy Garoppolo got a second round pick just from being Tom Brady's backup and starting four games. Like if. That becomes a real asset at some point 100%. if it works out the way you think it can. And I think the Lions have the offensive staff and, and infrastructure that could could cultivate something like that. 100%. All right, let's move on to free agency because that's obviously going to be the big news here in a couple weeks. Free agency starts March 15. Here's what Brad Holmes had to say about one specific Lions free agent that I know a lot of you guys want to see back in 2023. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, we have Jamal, you know, as an undrafted, I mean, as an unrestricted free agent. And, um, you know, we're having discussions now currently. Uh, we had um, we had discussions with all of our upcoming UFAs um, that were on expiring deals. But um, there's a uh, mutual interest to hopefully get him back. And then, you know, we still got Swift under contract. MPG, he's a fan favorite, right? Mutual interest is good. Mutual interest is good. We had him on the podcast here at the Super Bowl, and and he basically said, look, I know this is a business. The team's got to do what's right by them. I've got to do what's right by me, but I love this situation. And I think they can find – he said, I think we can find a mutual ground where – 
you know, it's fair for everybody. It's fair for everybody, and I can come back and I can play behind this line. I can play with, with this locker room that he loved and have the success a thousand yards and 17 touchdowns. I, why would I, you I'd not want to run? I'd want to run that back yeah. too. It makes no sense why you'd ever want to leave. And, and again, like, you know, even with him back, there's still room. Justin Jackson's a free agent. Craig Reynolds was banged up this year. Like, there's. There's additions DeAndre to be made. going into the last year of his contract. Yeah, there's so. addition. There, there's talk of, of running back, and I think the most important thing to me, and Ben said it when he talked to you a couple of weeks ago, there's room in this scheme for he, – he made it very clear that they want to run the ball and they want to run the ball efficiently. Yeah. There's room in this scheme where you have four- and five-yard runs that he thinks should be nine or ten. And if you can go find somebody that can is make that happen – Is there someone specifically you're thinking about, or is this – I don't – I, I trust Ben Johnson. Yeah, Whoever trust Ben Johnson <laughs> thinks can can double those runs. There's a pretty good running back from Texas I hear in this draft. That uh, I think some there's Lions two pretty fans. good running backs from Texas this, yeah. this year. Yeah, there are. There's but the th- one. It's it's a deep class, yeah. and if they're looking to add to that room, and what a great situation for a young guy to come into in that room too, with a guy like Jamal if he resigns, you know, at the very least with Swift. Yeah, yeah, and Scotty Montgomery who's going to handle that room i had a chance to talk to him down in in uh at the combine here in indy and i'll tell you guys this people are going to be really impressed with scotty montgomery you know really really smart guy he's got a a really good plan for that room that plan's also going to include deandre swift for at least another year this is what dan had to say about deandre swift when asked no, nah, we we can did some. You know, we tried to do that last year. We tried to take care of him in camp. Uh, I know this. He he is a very talented player, and uh, you know, um, he's a very talented player, and he's one of those guys that can take it to the house anywhere on the field. And uh, and he works. Uh, he wants to get it. He works hard in the classroom. And you know, w- we thought we had uh, a recipe going into the year, and it didn't work out. He got a little bit banged up, and then by the end of the year, we. Uh, he started to feel better and started to, his production went up. So, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll go start all over from scratch again, man. Let's find another way to see if we can help him uh, stay on the field, you know. And I already know he's doing that for himself. So we've got to do that on our end. What can we do better uh, by him? Is it, Can we? Because um, he's, he's just he's too talented. You know, he's too talented to not have out there. He's an explosive athlete. And Pete, that, that, that's really the gist of it, right, is, is keeping – DeAndre Swift healthy and and that's been there's no denying his explosiveness there's no denying he's one of the few guys that can take it to the house every time he touches the ball from that position that he can be a three down player he's a terrific wide receiver but the best ability is availability right and that the saying and and that just hasn't been always been the case for DeAndre. I think it's a testament to how good DeAndre Swift is that at the combine where you have the people who are, are around and covering the team on a, on a daily basis, but also the national people. And somebody got up there and was like, what is the deal with DeAndre Swift? Because he is that good that he is recognized. I think it's a testament to his talent that everybody is wondering, how can he figure this out? And how can he be on the field for the most amount of snaps? Because he's that dynamic when he's there. Yeah, and Scotty Montgomery can't wait to kind of get his hands on on Swift and and come up with a plan. But you know, they look, they thought they had a great plan last year. They they really limited him in training camp. Tried to get him healthy throughout training camp to the first game of the season. And then what does he do? The first game of the season blows up. What is 144 yards was great, but. 
tweaks his ankle in that game. And then now he's dealing with that. Week three, bangs up the shoulder. And now it was really until the last month of the season that he was dealing with those ankle and shoulder injuries. And look, he had the goal uh, when we talked to him at the joint practice in the preseason to have 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. You got to play 17 games. games. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You just. I think that's going to be the big thing. And, and look, there's a lot on the line for DeAndre this year. I mean, he's going into the final year of his rookie deal. And um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to um, provide some of the explosive plays, the production, but the availability of being there for 17 weeks. And if he does that, then, you know, I, I think it'll be a great offseason for him next next year when he's free agent. I, it most certainly will be, especially because of the receiving ability. But uh, again, like I said before, they... This offense is predicated on the run game at this point. And whatever the decisions that are made at running back is going to be the engine that makes this whole thing go next year. So I think, you know, everybody can much malign, and I'll be there in line with you about the value of the running back position. But to this team... It's it's an important piece. It's it's more important than other places. Yeah, it, and it, and it has to be because that's just the way they want to win games in the fourth quarter. And there's there's absolutely something to that. All right, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball a little bit. It was really a tale of two halves for the Lions. You know, obviously they were along. Oh, it was over 32 points per game, the first eight weeks of the season when they were one and six, and then something flipped a little bit you know they they changed some things schematically kind of that gap and a half scheme which Aaron Glenn is is, it 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 kind of grew up in they allowed Aiden Hutchinson to kind of stand up move around do some things they moved some guys around and lo and behold that went from 32.1 to I think 20.2 the last 10 games of the season they were much much better now you look at the numbers overall and you say, okay, well, look, they need to add some pieces on defense, but the cupboard isn't necessarily bare according, uh, according to this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think I made the statement last time, you know, um, obviously, we looked at where we were ranked defensively, um, you know, we'd like to add, we'd add, like to add more on defense, but I'll tell you what, I mean, we said at the start of our free agency meetings, you know, I think last year we were a little bit more pointed, but I think every single position is on the table. You know, there's not one position that we could think of, you know, offense and defense um, that we don't we don't need to address, whether that's starting level players or uh, looking at some good quality depth. But, you know, and I say that with the defensive thing, I mean, you know, we had drafted uh, six defensive players last year, and, and 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 five of those six guys, they end up playing some key roles for us. And but they were rookies, so you know you can look at the number of yeah. We don't want to be in the bottom five of the rushing and passing yards uh, categories, but I will say the way we finished winning eight of our last ten and seeing those guys grow together and learn how to play winning football, um, I, I, I think it shows. So I don't think the cover's bare uh, on defense, just like a, you look at the overall ranking, but I think we got some good young players that um, show that they can really help us going forward. All right, Peach. I mean, and I, and I agree with that a little bit too because you, you look at the numbers you say, yes, look, they've got to add talent to the defense. They've got to get better. But we always say, and we talk about when do players develop the most when do they take their biggest jump year one to year two year one to year two so guys like five guys five guys so you've got 
Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Pascal, Malcolm Rodriguez, Kirby Joseph, you know. And Houston. And, and James Houston, yeah. And, I mean, all guys who you expect to take that big leap who are now going to be core players. I think just that experience alone and those guys taking big leaps, it's going to help this defense collectively as a whole just become better just, just with their development and experience. You just got to grow up, and they're, they're going to, A, do that, and then – on the flip side, going to throw resources at Gonna. fixing the problem. And yeah. the easiest way to fix the defense is to buy the defense. And yeah. there is now money to go do that. And it doesn't have to all be spent in one place. You can spread it out and get multiple starters. And I think that would be a great way to do it. But there are assets now. And there are places that don't need to be tweaked as much as the last two years. And now the focus can shift to, to what really the problem spots are. Yeah. All right, let's flip one more here from from Brad and Dan. Free agency. Yep. Um, important. Everybody wants to talk about the draft while we're here. Don't fast forward. You've got to remember that free agency comes first. So yep. what you think is a need right now at the combine? You know, when we talk into all these like two cor- from cornerbacks on Thursday, it's like okay, yeah, it, it can change. So people have to remember that. But Brad said the biggest thing, his biggest goal in free agency is that you have to take continue to take a step forward yep and and look they've done a great job in the draft i think they've done an all right job in free agency i thought you know the the additions of chark and williams and and some of those guys have been good additions core pieces john kaminsky would be another one there have been a few misses in there as well but i think to his point of you've got it we've got to continue to take that step forward and this is what what brad was talking about biggest goal um you know really just not to um take a step back just making sure that we're taking a step forward you know um that's really the biggest one i think that uh, we ended the season with a lot of momentum um and again like i said earlier at the beginning of this you know i think we're heading in the right direction so um again this is going to be a big it's going to be a big off season um you know never like to put too much pressure on, on myself but i think we just remain confident in our process which we've done and which has worked so far and, uh, yeah, just make sure that we're still keeping that momentum going, which I think uh, I feel very confident that we will be doing. I, I couldn't agree more. You, you, you have to continue. You can't take a step it's back. It's just an upward trajectory. And, and it doesn't have to go it doesn't, It's like not this. a straight line. It's no, never a straight line. Never. This just, saw that last year. Just don't take that step backwards. But one other thing I take from those comments, PJ, and, and maybe I was just hearing it a different way. I'm curious if you agree with me. It doesn't sound like a big ticket item is 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 in line for free agency. I don't. I I would be pleasantly surprised if there was one. Yeah. I think this is is slow, still slow and steady, steady because that's what has worked to this point. And there is a time to cash in all of these assets and really go after somebody. I don't think it's quite yet, though. I I think. Maybe maybe that's a next year problem. You're kicking the can down the road because again. Because they've always said they want to build this thing through the draft, through young players. We've seen that Brad really be able to do that. Then they've added pieces um, throughout that have really worked. We've talked about some of those. Just get better at some spots. It doesn't need to be big money guys. Cornerback, for example, you know, get some guys that um, are steady guys that can play 17 games that improve that cornerback group overall. And does it have, have to be a Jalen Ramsey? Doesn't no. have to be. Would it be nice? Sure. Yeah. But, but I think to to Brad's point is is keep taking that step forward. Get guys that are um, solid starters, guys that can contribute, 
guys that are great for the room, guys that fit the culture. Um, and it doesn't have to be a big money guy as long as we're taking that step forward and continue on that trajectory. And to not go backwards, what's the easy way to, to not go backwards? It's like, okay, Kaminsky, like, bring him back. Bugs, go re-sign your own guys. And if you don't want to go backwards, have the group that you just started with and they're going to get better and better and better another year in the system and i think and a few some young talent in the draft along with it i mean there's obviously a precedent now for brett holmes re-signing his own guys and i think you know in the next 10 days before free agency that that's going to be a priority before they hit the open market well it was good stuff from brad and dan and we are going to have a lot more on free agency next week we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of, of free agency kind of a a week before that starts and we get to talk about the combine nobody's even nobody's run yet no. we can talk about the fun stuff next we're going to talk about the fun stuff we're going to get into free agency i've got ben solak coming up next we're going to get into kind of some x's and an o's so stick around for that and then be certain to check us out uh next week when we get into uh the combine and, and really start to dig into free agency only two weeks away only two weeks away let the fun begin Welcome to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. I have taken the show on the road to Indianapolis for the NFL Scouting Combine. And I am joined now by Ben Solak from The Ringer. And I've wanted to have Ben on because, Ben, you're you're an X's and O's kind of guy. You All really, about it. You, 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 you look into the game, a lot of video stuff, yeah. and, and I love that aspect of the game as well. And so let's start with this. You know, big news, obviously, a couple weeks ago, Ben Johnson, who was yeah. interviewing for a head coaching job, decided, you know, I – I think I want to roll it back with Detroit. This is a good fit for me right now. It's just a good situation. How big of a get is that for Detroit? And when you watched Ben Mm -hmm. and and how creative this offense was, what stood out to you on film just about his play calling and the scheme itself? Jared Goff made a Pro Bowl, right? Best, best season of his career, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a big deal. Get Ben Johnson John back in the Williams, building. Joel Williams, I think, had 1,000 yeah, yards, 17 it's touchdowns. Good day I don't think he did that before. When you get Ben Johnson back in the building. <laughs> but in all seriousness, right, like the uh, the Ben Johnson promotion, right, was, a, was Dan Campbell really putting his weight behind a young coach who he thought was going to be a, a strong offensive mind and to immediately get paid off on that in year one with Ben stepping yeah. in and just – uh, being as dynamic as he was, getting the running game working, uh, uh, you know, using the multiple backs and working the play action pass off of it, which is always where Jared is the most comfortable, yeah. is working play action out of under center. Like, you, it was very clear of, that a guy, he got it. He understood it. He's not just like, oh, I'm going to run my stuff. No, he knew what the team needed, right? You think about how good they were getting, like, Amon Ross St. Brown over on third downs, right? He's one of the most effective third, fourth down receivers in the league we had this season. He was automatic first down. Mm-hmm. That's just that's understanding. Okay, if I show this, defense is going to show that. So if I move him on right here, that can get him one on one, and then it's going to be open, yeah. right? It's just they, he gets it. He understands the pressure points, and so Johnson's clearly a, a really sharp mind. And it's it's always interesting to see, like you know, he got that coaching interest right away. And a lot of times, those those first that first year of taking those interviews is like. He's trying to learn how to do the interviews. You don't really expect yeah. to get the job, whatever. The fact that he didn't even really go much through the process and just elected to stay in Detroit leads me to believe he really likes it there. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, they, they have the chance to keep him not just for this year, but for a couple of years. And he feels like you know he owes Dan Campbell that, he owes the Lions that, and that's awesome. That's good culture. You mentioned Jared Goff, and I thought it was really key for Ben when he was building this thing, and you alluded to it. It wasn't yeah. just like, hey, this is what we do. Um, this is what we run, yeah. and let's you know fit to what we do. It, it was no, it was let's invite Jared in. They sat right. down together. They built it. They built this off the play action, some of the things that he loves to do, and you see the result. You mentioned it, a yeah. Pro Bowl in his best season. How important was that part of it, too, when you're building this thing to involve the quarterback, 
him be part of it and build it around things that he does well right. and what other guys do well. Not just critical in the general sense, because it is, but critical in the specific sense to Jared, where Jared was a first overall pick, yeah. comes in and has the extremely tough rookie season, and then Sean McVay takes over that Rams team and runs an offense that was obviously extremely prolific and went to a Super Bowl and, and had the event that they did in the Super Bowl, but particularly an offense that was you know, known to be kind of plug and chug, right? Yeah. Just uh, toss a Kirk Cousins in here, Jared Goff, like, oh, we just you know, solve this and figure it out. There wasn't a lot of ownership for Goff over that offense. Mm -hmm. It was Sean's offense. Sean was the guy. And over that time, you know, obviously things with the Rams kind of fell apart a little bit and you get the trade and everything. But over that time, like, Goff's just becoming more experienced. He's becoming a better quarterback. Like, this right. is the best, most talented we've ever seen Goff be because he's been a starter for seven seasons. You know, it, it's six seasons. You get better over There's time. nothing a defense can yeah. throw at him that he hasn't seen. And, and now, so, right, you know? and so now, exactly, like, it used to be, right, you blitz Jared Goff and, and it's, it's so tough for him to deal with it. It's not the case anymore, right? And so now you see in a, in a, in a coach with Ben Johnson, a guy who fully understands what Goff is comfortable with what Goff likes, where he wants the routes to break, how he wants it to work. Like Goff is extremely detailed in how they work that offense. Yeah. And that's why you see that passing game be so effective on late downs. Like that's what always stands out to me about the lines is how they get to a third and seven and they're totally comfortable just going four wide, Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown, somebody's gonna get open, we're gonna find our spots. Like they they're dialed in on the little stuff. And Jared's doing a good job of finding those matchups yeah, and yeah. getting and delivering the football too. Let's stay with the offense just for a second, Ben. Jameson Williams didn't see a lot of him last year, obviously because he was mm -hmm. rehabbing the injury. But when you did, there was some explosiveness. Good debut. There. It was Who, a good. What team was that against? That, that the Vikings. Big, that, that's the Vikings. Yeah, 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 Vikings. But then you saw it on the reverse, and just some of the other things. There's a handful of guys, and I had Ben Johnson on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and he said the same thing. He's amongst that group of just a rare number of guys where you just put the ball in their hands, and any play they can take it yeah. 80 yards for a touchdown. Watching what you watched last year and talking about what we talked about with Ben, how much are you looking forward to watching that kind of piece and mm -hmm. how Ben uses him in that offense and how he can be maybe pretty creative right. with him along with a guy like Amon Ra St. Brown? It's, it was critical because of Amon Amon Ra. Amon Ra is so good. He's so, 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 good. so good. He is a he's tough son of a gun. He's extremely good over the middle of the field. He's great operating from the slot. When you build your receiver room, you have to build it like a basketball team. You have to have guys for different roles, different body types, height, weight. You need to have a guy who's good for the post, a guy who's good you know, for the three ball from distance. You need to have a, a diverse skill set and a diverse set of bodies. Mm -hmm. The exact opposite of a receiver that Amon Ross St. Brown is it's Jameson Williams, right? <laughs> that, that, that's just that's just good scouting. That's good work, right? There's still like you know Jameson's tough and everything like that, but you have this this longer guy, this slender guy, this speed guy who's all about the verticality, and so. You, you hit on a Monroe. You hit so well. If you hit on Jamison Williams, you now have a danged if you do, danged if you don't sort of group, a pairing at wide receiver, right? Where if, if you're going to be in a position where you need to get safeties over the top and play with, with zone eyes and try to put a blanket on Jamison Williams, now it's a Monroe St. Brown between two linebackers. Okay, you want to man up. You want to you know try to push a Monroe St. Brown. You want to try to press him, try to close those windows. Now it's Jamison on the outside. It sucks to be <laughs> you, doesn't it? So, uh, Plus, getting, you've got yeah. one of the best offensive lines orchestrating right, it exactly, all and setting yeah. it all and up. If they're somehow stopping the pass, <laughs> right, exactly. It's all right. Let's put Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, Penny Sewell, and let's run behind these sons of guns. <laughs> so you're, you're in a spot where there's a, there's a lot of talent. Yeah. What will be the challenge for Ben Johnson, which this will be new for him, is last year, like, again, like Amon Ra was one of the highest targeted guys on late downs, right? Like, they, they knew where their bread was buttered. If Jamison hits, now you start to have a mouths-to-feed sensation, right? Now it starts to become, okay, how do we balance this? That's always a tricky thing. When, yeah. when, when you become, as the Lions are hoping to become, star-studded, now it becomes keeping everybody happy and, and, and finding a balance. And that's a, it can be a tricky thing for young coordinators. That's, that's the thing to watch for with Jamison. It's not just, like, how he develops, but also how do they distribute targets. That's one thing I think Dan Campbell 
it, yep. it's good to have him at that spot too. A former player, the, right? Yeah. A guy who's all about team, who's built this thing, getting guys who are yeah. all about team the, and culture. And that's, that's so huge because the number one question I have about these Lions, who I like love to death, they've built it the right way. Like they like. Uh, Holmes and Campbell, both when they were hired, gave those quotes about we're going to build through the draft, build through the draft, we're going to be young, we're going to do it, and they've committed to it. It's been awesome. It's done been it. great. This is this is a blueprint for a great rebuild. But you reach a point where your rebuild is so good, you now have stars in the building, yeah. right? Like Jameson Williams was a top 15 pick at wide receiver out of Alabama. Like this dude has the potential to be a star, right? They would spend money in free agency, go get you know whatever some star running back, something. You have the star cornerback. You have the ability to get stars in the building. Yeah. Stars require really good culture. You have to be able to handle these players. It can't just be like Dan Campbell or Gritty, whoever's the toughest is going to get a rep. It's like Craig Reynolds. <laughs> like I love Craig Reynolds. But you, you now have to transition to a point where like you know you have some stars. That's that's a different sort of culture they're yeah. going to have to introduce. All right, let's flip over to the other side of the football bend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Glenn is back, um, dabbled in some interviews with, a, with head coaching yeah, candidates. Yeah. You look at that defense, and overall you look at the numbers, you're like, wow, not very mm-hmm. good. But you split that up into a tale of two seasons, and I think yeah. you can look at that defense a little bit differently. When they were 1-6 and six over the course of the first eight weeks, they were allowing 32.1 points per game, worse in the league, on pace for a record high. Yeah. But over the last 10 games, when they were 8-2, and two, that number dipped all the way to 20.1, which was 11th best in mm-hmm. the league. When you watched them, what was the thing that stood out the most to you yeah. between the first half Detroit Lions defense and the second half Detroit Lions defense? Everything, all of it. I mean, like it's uh, it's eight hundred. It's, it's very it's fair. It's eight hundred and switching positions, and it's yeah. it's you know going to be the weak side backer or the weak side end, excuse me. And then it's John Kaminsky benefiting from that because now he's in a role that better fits him. It's Jerry Jacobs coming back from injury and giving you that option to play on the outside. It's Deshaun Elliott, who you know I think. It took Elliott a few weeks to get ramped up, but once he got ramped up, especially after the injury to Tracy, like, you know, figuring out what his role is going to be, and then Kirby Joseph, who then settles into his role. Like, there's a. Um, James Houston, obviously, yeah, coming on strong. Yeah, but good run for James <laughs> Houston there downstairs. Coming on strong is an understatement. Uh, defense is a tricky thing. De- like, offenses tend to get incrementally better. You can see it week over week. Defenses tend to be a coalescing sort of a thing. It tends to be like a light bulb comes on and there's a big jump. And that was the thing with, with Glenn. Like, if you remember 2021, where Glenn was like. We're gonna do it, baby. Blitz and play man coverage, and the Lions personnel was just like, we, yeah, <laughs> we don't got this, man. <laughs> we need more. You know, it, it, it's something that like Glenn's got to figure out. His positional coach got to figure out, right? They like they had the change in, in defensive backs coach Aubrey Pleasant to Brian Duker. Like, it, it defense tends to be a process where you're, you try a bunch of little stuff, and then eventually the puzzle starts to make sense. Yeah, start to see the picture, and so I think that was a anticipatable jump to have after a coach as good as Glenn has paused on them for 18 months yeah you start to see things come together it's part of that to your point too earlier when you said you know building the right way and and building through yeah. the draft obviously when you do that you've got young players as part so of that young. just some guys growing up yeah too you know a figure in this league out a little bit yeah growing up and the and oldest just guy in their room production. was in their corner was Mike Hughes yeah. you know what I'm saying so yeah they're like busting coverages <laughs> week three of course they are they got like all kids out there like that's a tough ask it's gonna take time you like where it's headed, though, defensively with, yeah. with, with Glenn back, just from what you right. saw the second half of the season. And Brad Holmes, the, the general manager, said this offseason, look, yeah. we know we're going to focus on defense. They've got pick number six. They've got mm-hmm. pick 18. They've got five yeah. picks in the top 81 with some cap space and free agency, too. Do you expect a big leap defensively with, with, with some of the young core guys that they've built yeah. and what they can do? I think they have a good shot for it. I really do. They have got to handle corner two. I yeah. probably yeah, got to handle corner, corner one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, I remember watching Akuda in camp and going, like, he's got it. He's got it. He's and he so did. good. He looked really, and really good. Great. And then something happened. And I think it's a, part of that was tough. he played 10 games his first two years. Yeah. You know, we talked about the rookie wall. Yeah. I, I think there might have been, I know it's his third season, but right. I think there's something to that. To and there's also, season. I think there's also like a confidence thing in sure. the sense of, like, 
He's been so banged up. Like it's 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 there's a mental resilience that you develop going through those ups and downs. Yeah, that yeah. He just hasn't gotten to develop as much in the NFL. So I'll believe in Jeffrey Okuda in 2035. But they need man. some pieces. Yeah. You, you think a linebacker, so, a defensive right. tackle, probably they could use another edge rusher, yeah. corner. Obviously, I I would expect them to do that in free agency and the yeah. draft. I think they're in a great spot with that first pick to look at the top of this corner class because the corner class is, is to me mm-hmm. the strongest position by a mile. Yeah. I think that'll allow you to play more and more of that man coverage you want to play. Pass rush is a really interesting spot just with like Aiden having the season that he did where it's like a lot of it is hustle stuff, a lot of it's good work. You probably want him to be more dominant snap to snap, but as a rookie, it's okay. Houston, you have to figure out, okay, just how legitimate is this? Yeah. Can we set our watch to this? Uh, the interior, like I think what, what you get from Elite McNeil, you feel good about there, but you the spine of that defense, uh, uh, defensive tackle to then the linebacker yeah. position, which is a, a, and we a haven't big even seen spot right now. Yet, so. Yeah. That spine is what is what worries me. Yeah. Where I think like you could see them, okay, we get better at pass rusher, we get better at corner, but there are games where we're just still getting blown off the ball. There are games yeah. where we're just losing to size. And that's that's a hard thing. That's that's part of this Glenn defense always gonna suffer from that a little bit. Yeah. And so that's where I think I think you can see a jump. I don't think you're gonna see a finished product until they get a couple off seasons to swing at this defense. They still need a lot of pieces. But overall, it looked it's obviously an exciting time. You finish nine yeah. and eight. You've got some of the draft capital they do. They got some of the um, cap space that they do. They're now one of those trendy hot teams yeah. in the NFC. They should be a fun team to watch. Absolutely, I. Uh they did it right, and, and and you want to see them land the plane on this rebuild. You really do, because they did it right. Well, he has been yeah. so like from the bringer. Great job, as always. Thanks for joining me, and yeah. uh, good luck with the rest of the offseason. Appreciate it, Tim. Thanks. All right.